morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8 or 88, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You're with the Double L team, Lyle and... Lawson! Lawson, how was your weekend? Oh, it was so good, Lyle. How was your Sabbath? Oh, it was amazing. Like, it was, it was incredible. Like, as in, God has really, really blessed us. So last week I was mentioning that it's O week at uni at the moment, orientation week, all the new students are back. Um, Saw some photos on Facebook. Yeah. Looked amazing. It was... Booth all set up, people standing around. It was incredible. And it was so good. And I, I talked about, you know, the kind of methods we were, we were using to, to find people and, you know, having ice-cold juice on a 32-degree day was yes. definitely our weapon yes. to, to get people in um, and whatnot. But... Ultimately, like, we can sign up lots of people to a club. You know, we can be like, hey, have some ice cold juice. And, hey, do a one-minute survey. And, oh, look, now you signed up. Um, but what matters, like, what is material and real for us at the end of the day is how many of those people are actually interested in joining our club and getting to know God. Yeah, spiritual things. Spiritual things. That's right. And on Friday night, uh, we have two care groups that run in the city, two Friday night groups that run here in Newcastle. And to both of them, I think we had 16, 17 new, like brand new, um, what we call seekers, uh, come along to those groups. So non, so a lot of them non-Christian uh, or, you know, not part of our church or denomination or whatever. But, yeah, just brand new people, a lot of them international as well, um, come. What percentage of them would be international? Are we seeing the return to, you know, are we back to where we were before with international students? Um, I don't think 100%, but definitely a lot. I would say, like, out of out of those 16, 17 people, probably over 50% of them were international. Yeah, so we had Americans, uh, Chinese, Malaysian, like, all kinds of people. A lot of them that we met had been in Australia for a couple of years and kind of waited in Australia during COVID. A lot of them had only been in the country for like a week. So, But God has really blessed. And then at church the next day, we had a similar figure of just brand new people coming. And like, our yeah, our houses and our church was just packed. And so we were just praising God. Like he really, really worked. And it was amazing. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We're about to get into our quiz. Lawson, let's have the first question for our pentathlon quiz this morning. That's right. For 100 points, which of these three, faith, hope, and charity slash love, uh, does the Bible call the greatest? 0491-064-669 is the number to call. And guys, if you know how our quiz works, we have all these different questions that you can go through and answer all throughout the show. And if you get those answers correct, you can either claim the prize of the answer that you get correct, or you can answer every single question co- correct, sweep the quiz, and win every single prize. But for 100 points, our prize is a Faith FM bookmark and bumper sticker, which is a great way to, to represent and promote us if you would like it. Uh, but again, for that 100 points, uh, the question was, which of these three, faith, hope, and love, or charity, does the Bible call the greatest? 0491-064-669. We also want to encourage you, if you are a listener, a regular listener, and you are uh, very uh, biblically astute, you know, you know your Bible well, we want to encourage you not to look it up, but to, to think about it and rummage through your brain and your Bible knowledge. But hey, if you're new to the Bible, if you're a new listener, go for it. Ha- look it up. Head to the Bible. Head to Google, potentially, and uh, find out what the answers are, because it will bless you.
Fantastic stuff. All right, let's talk about some positively different news this morning. What have you got for us there, Lawson? Okay, positively different news. I just want to mention uh, a few things briefly. The first one is uh, the news has been going off about it, but essentially people are allowed back into Australia again. Yay! Which is great. Um, is. And specifically tourism, like, and that's what they're talking about because I was really confused when I first heard it because, uh, like I said in our, in our grateful section, we have a, a ton of international students who have come over in the last two weeks and I'm like, what do you mean people are only allowed in today? <laughs> like, like there'll be people coming over in droves and I've met all of them. Like, uh, but ultimately. Coming for the purpose, for coming for no other purpose other than tourism. That's right. So they're not coming to visit family. Mm-hmm. They're not coming for medical reasons. For study. For study, for work, mm-hmm. any of those kind of things. Purely because they just want to drive around and see the place. That's right. They are coming. They're allowing people in with tourist visas. You know, all these the people that I know are here on um, either you know student visas or working visas or whatever it may be. But specifically tourists. Um, but uh, according to the statistics that have come out, apparently one point two three million people have applied and already been granted Australian visas um, to come in. So we're going to be seeing a huge influx of people in terms of tourism and moving and all kinds of things. Um, But yeah, as they mentioned in the news report that you just heard, I think they said there's going to be 60-some international flights coming into Australia in the next 24 hours. So yeah, tourism is back and that is great because who wouldn't want to come to Australia? It's like the best place ever. Of course it is. Specifically Newcastle. At the same time, though, I don't want to promote us too hard because I don't want lots of people to come. But Newcastle is great. Australia is great. And welcome to all our tourist friends also. in Also, our- also, oh. welcome, also welcome to uh, our listeners this morning. Yeah. So uh, Josh was just texting through to say, G'day, breakfast, cr- breakfast show crew. I'm so blessed to wake up in the morning and listen to you chat about news, do Bible study, and just generally hang out. And, of course, the amazing producer who manages to pick the perfect song every time. <laughs> Man, this is flattering. Wow. Absolutely. Um, so, thank you, Joshua. That's, you, you've made our Dude, made shout our out, work. Joshua. Uh, in other news, the Olympic Games has just ended, and I guess you consider that good news. Uh, you would consider that good news, Lyle. <laughs> because Lyle, firstly, isn't that big of a fan of the Olympics, and secondarily, no, I'm, doesn't I'm, like I'm China. I have no problem with the Olympics. I have the problem with the fact that... Back in the day, we we uh, boycotted South Africa when they were in apartheid, mm-hmm. and they were saints compared to China. Yeah, and of course we have the Beijing, you know, Winter Olympics or whatever it is, you know, Winter Olympics in China, and we do nothing about it, and nothing is said, and we just mm. knew. And it's also like a, a massive privacy violation as well. And like the American government's like, don't take your real phones to China because they'll get hacked, take burner phones instead and like all this stuff. It's a very contentious situation, yet we're going there. Um, but it has ended and Norway has won, which is not really a surprise because they win pretty much every Winter Olympics. Um, and dude, we were doing so well initially. And I was talking about it when the Olympics started after the first couple of days. I'm like, yeah, we have four medals and a gold and we're in like sixth place, which is awesome because we don't even really have snow in Australia um, but with those four medals that's exactly where we stayed for the rest of the Olympics and we came 18th in the end so yeah the the podium is Norway Germany and China and it and United States in fourth Sweden in fifth and uh, yeah that ha- is how it has stayed so unfortunately Australia we haven't shocked anyone surprised anyone we're hanging down at least though at least we can rejoice we can that be over. glad. No, well, yeah, that it's over. But secondarily, we beat Great Britain. 
<laughs> oh yes, yeah, so as, as long as we beat the Poms, that's all. But we got beat by New Zealand, so, <laughs> so that's so unfortunate. But anyways, in other uh, news, Raphael says that he agrees with Joshua. Yes, shout out Raphael, shout out yeah. Joshua, good guys. Uh, in other news, hey, I talked about how uh, a couple of weeks ago I talked about how Iceland was planning at some point they were having discussion amongst you know those in Parliament of like, oh, should we even keep producing uh, whale meat? Should we keep hunting whales? Like, not many people are eating it. The demand has dropped rapidly since the reintroduction of whaling in Japan. And ultimately, uh, Parliament have come together and they've decided that uh, uh, by the end of 2023, they will give out no more permits for whaling. It's over. Well, it's I, I think we should bring whaling back. What? Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, you think about it, you know. Uh-huh. You think about how many lives are lost in, say, producing uh, beef. Mm-hmm. And you could save 200 lives every time you take one life of a whale. Well, I'll just stop. <laughs> right, we, I'll do stop. we take no lives? Okay, no lives of any yes, of absolutely. But I agree. especially the whales. You know, what's so funny? I was reading this article, and like it is a a total misconception of like the history of whaling in Iceland. Everyone thinks it's like oh Iceland and whale meat, and it's you know their tradition, and it comes from back in the Viking days, and they're hunting whales and stuff. The first time Iceland's oat like consumed whale and made it a dish was in 1948, and it was a response to tourists wanting whale meat. And so like restaurants and tourist destinations in Iceland were like oh, if you want whale meat, then I guess we can go and get whale meat. And now it's become like a national dish for them, but not because of the heavy consumption of whale meat, but because of a total because misconception tourism. and tourism. Tourists thought, thought that, that Vikings ate whales. But the reality is, so they did a poll throughout Iceland where they like, like this was part of their census, was this poll of how many people actually ate whale meat. And 2% of the population in in Iceland eat whale meat like, more than six times a year, and 84% of people in Iceland have never eaten whale meat. <laughs> and so it's actually just this, like, total, like, misconception doesn't exist. And then that was followed up with, you know, the petition by many of the citizens, like 175,000 signatures of Icelandic people, which would be, like, a, almost a majority of their population, because I, I think Iceland only has 300,000 people in it. Um, yeah, 175,000 people signed a thing that was like, hey, we we don't want whaling we don't eat whale meat. Good. We don't want the whales to die. We need to do the same thing with cows now. Yep. Cows. Uh, America's done it for us with kangaroos. We yeah. should actually start with pigs. Actually, yeah. Because you should never eat them. The Bible says don't eat them anyway. Yeah. And, start with pigs. And it's terrible for you. And But at the same time, like, don't, don't like, wild boars need to be, like, culled? Yeah, but don't eat them. <laughs> Just stop eating. Well, because the thing here in Iceland is that is that they're not killing them because they're not eating them. Blood and bone is a really good fertilizer. <laughs> I like I I agree with you, but yeah, I'm just you can't disagree. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a shocking breakfast image, breakfast show image, but fair enough. Yeah, dead yeah. whales, you know, that's sort of like. <laughs> but they're stopping that. That's the yes, point. And now right. and now exactly. and now we're right. we're stopping with the pigs. In other <laughs> in other news, the British Museum has announced the discovery of the most important piece of prehistoric art to be found in Britain oh, in the last 100 really? years. Yes, they have found a 5,000-year-old chalk sculpture that was discovered in East Yorkshire. Okay, so this is like flood era. Yeah. 
Just post-flood era. Post-flood era. Just. Just. They might have their dates a little out. Yeah. Well, when, you're re- going, when you're going back that far, you know, these are estimations. They estimate that this was, this chalk, they call it a chalk drum, but it's basically, it's like a pot that's made out of chalk. You know, it's kind of the, the way that we talk about drum in terms of like an oil drum or something like that. Uh, and a bit of like a ball and a stick spiky thing. They found it in a tomb of three people and it, and it uses the same art style as the Stonehenge, like the sta- same era. So they're saying it's Stonehenge era it's 5,000 years old. So this is incredible. And they're celebrating it and it's now on display. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Continuing on with the show, we have our 200-point quiz question, which is, what prophet did King Saul ask a medium at Endor to call up from the dead? If you know the answer to that one, for 200 points, you can win an issue of Signs Magazine. You just have to give us a call, 0491-064-669. And if you do so, then you can win uh, a issue of Signs Magazine. But again, that question was, what prophet did King Saul ask a medium at Endor to call up from the dead? And, and yeah, if you know the answer. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call. We probably should talk about some more serious news, and mm. in more serious news, we need to talk about a new translation of the Bible okay. that is coming out in the Chinese language. So mm-hmm. from time to time, there are new translations that come out, and some are better than others, some are worse than others. Uh, this one is one of those ones that is probably not better than others because it has been put out. Uh, by the CCP, otherwise known as the Chinese Communist Party. Wow. So this, is, this is interesting. Man, because I didn't know those guys were like such theologians. That's, that's well, crazy. They are significant theologians, it seems, because they take it upon themselves to train and appoint pastors for all the different churches that are in China. So you kind of got two kinds of churches in China. You've got the underground churches, and then you've got the state-run churches. Mm-hmm. And the state-run churches... Uh, basically the state comes in and says, okay, this is what you can preach, this is what you can't preach, um, and this is who your pastor is. They train the pastor and uh, and, and put him into that particular mm. position. What was interesting is that uh, the Catholic Church, I think, is the only church that has actually recognized um, priests that have been appointed by the Chinese Communist Party, mm. and that was a very contentious issue. But some years ago Pope Francis said, yes, we will recognize these priests, we'll recognize these bishops. That have you know that, that don't have you know, haven't gone through the Catholic system so to speak. They've mm. basically gone through the Chinese communist indoctrination. And he came along and said, "Yeah, we'll recognise them," uh, hoping to get some kind of compromise in return from the CCP. Mm. Of course, predictably, he got none. <laughs> and Classic. so now, basically, what he's got on his hands is some CCP uh, trained priests and bishops, archbishops, and so forth that also have official recognition by the Vatican. Mm. Uh, so that's an interesting situation. Okay, so the uh, the CCC Bible, it was announced in 2019. We're starting to get, um, as I mentioned earlier, our first sneak peeks as to uh, what kind of things it might contain. Mm. Um, so when it was announced, uh, we found that it was, um, it was announced as a Bible that would be rewritten to incorporate... Um, a bunch of things, one of them being communist principles, 
but it would also include the principles of Buddhism and Confucianism. So this is why it's a 10-year project, because it's kind of going to be challenging for them to include all of those things. Uh, it's going to include core socialist values and the removal of all passages that don't reflect socialist beliefs. So there's, you know, they're not they're not being shy about what they're actually going to be doing wow. with the Bible. Um, but the reason we're getting sneak peeks is because quotations of it are now coming out in Chinese um, textbooks for school students. Oh, okay. So you know we don't have any complete scripts to look at, but we do have these quotations in various textbooks and so forth. So if you go to John chapter eight, you're going to find the story of the woman that was caught in adultery, mm-hmm. and you find the story where um, the, the 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 accusers of this woman bring this woman to Jesus, and they say, "Look, she was caught in adultery. She was caught in the act of adultery." Moses' law says that we should stone her. What do you say? Mm. So Jesus just, you know, he bends down, he starts to write on the dust, and he says, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone, let him throw the first stone. Mm. And he writes all of their sins in the dust, and as they see their sins being exposed, they just sort of all disappear one at a time because Jesus knows their sins, Mm. and he knows what's been going on, and he knows that they've been involved in this woman's sin. And so they all just kind of, you know, drift away until there are none left. And Jesus looks up and Jesus says to the woman, you know, where are your accusers? And, and the woman's like, well, they're, they're not here. And he says, well, neither do I condemn you. Wow. Go and sin no more. Mm. That's the message of Jesus. I want to read that one from the uh, CCC, CC, the Chinese Communist Party Bible. All right. Okay. This is John 8, 7 to 11. Jesus once said to the angry crowd who was trying to stone a woman who had sinned, He who is without sin among you, let him cast a stone at her. When his words came to their ears, they stopped moving forward. When everyone went out, Jesus stoned the woman himself and said, I am also a sinner. What? What? You heard what I I just read. Okay, so let's think about the basic um, ideas that are trying to be uh, expressed in this particular passage. And, of course, this is something that you're going to be dealing with as you have uh, Chinese students coming to ASOC. This is what they're going to assume when they think of Christianity because this is what they're reading in their textbooks and like, oh, the Bible says that. I didn't know the Bible says that. And uh, they've got nobody to tell them otherwise because there's not a whole lot of... You know, a, a large percentage of Christians in China. Mm. And so we're going to have generations that are going to be growing up with this picture of Christianity mm. because there is nothing more powerful than education. And the CCP has recognized this. Okay, so the key thoughts here, there are two main key thoughts. The first key thought is what this says about the character of God. Mm. Um, this is a direct attack on the character of God, and basically the CCP has 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 thrown down the challenges. Like, okay, we're going to take this God that everybody loves because he's amazing and mm. he gave his life and you know sac- self sacrifice and all that kind of stuff. We're going to take this particular God and we're going to make him look like a heinous fiend. Mm. He's they yeah make him like incredibly authoritarian and yes yeah yes. The second thing they do is make is remove Jesus' divinity and make him a sinner. That's right. A self-proclaimed sinner. 
That's and so this is kind of like no, he's, he, Jesus is is not God. Jesus is like Buddha and Confucius and everybody else who was just a sinner. Who was like he was like us, but was like enlightened. So he's special because he had some good things to say, but and some really bad things to do. Yeah, that's terrible. That's so bad. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty scary stuff. And the thing that the thing that really has me worried is there are so many. I mean, you know what it's like when you're talking to Chinese students who've come to Australia and they really know nothing about the Bible. They, they don't. Mm. Uh, they've got no background in it. And if you came to them and read this to them and said, oh, this is what the Bible says, they would have no reason to question that. Mm. They would assume that's what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. We've read it in our textbook. Mm. You know, it's a little bit like most of us if there were passages of the Quran in our uh, high school textbook and we would read it and we would assume, well, that's what the Quran says. Mm. Because none of, well, very few of us have read the Quran. Mm, that's right. Um, and we would assume, oh, that's what the Quran says. Well, it was in my textbook, so why would I question it? Yeah, that's right. It may be or it may not be because who knows who wrote that textbook and what they wrote in there. Mm. So the really, really, really concerning stuff right there. We need to pray for the state of Christianity in China. Mm. Okay, uh, over the weekend, of course, and uh, late last week you had uh, New Zealand voting to ban conversion therapy as the Victorian ban comes into effect. There were only eight MPs in New Zealand who had the courage to oppose the conversion therapy bill. And basically like this, anti-conversion therapy bills everywhere, it seems, it basically strips New Zealanders of any kind of freedom that they want. So freedom Mm. of choice, they cannot... Uh, choose what kind of counselling they receive, freedom of consent. They cannot consent to the kind of counselling that they want. Mm. Uh, Freedom of choice. They cannot choose any kind of counselling other than counselling that will uh, make them something other than uh, either uh, straight Mm. in their orientation or uh, lines up with their biological sex. Mm. Um, So you can choose anything you want other than the creation of God. And this is where you see these laws are specifically targeted at Christianity because basically you can choose anything except what science and Christianity present. Mm. Um, so it's pretty scary stuff, and um, you know you can fr- choose any gender you want other than your biolog- biological gender. You can choose any orientation you want other than straight. That's pretty much what it comes down to. And it all of these laws involve the criminalization of Christianity. And of course, Victoria has come into effect now, so it's now illegal to pray for anyone in Victoria along the uh, uh, on some of these issues. So if there's anyone in Victoria who wants prayer, give us a call right here, 0491-064-669. We will pray for anything that you ask us to pray for. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Lawson's about to bring you the next quiz clue question uh, for our pentathlon quiz. So, Lawson, something or other, whatever. All right, He's going to bring it. You just answer it and you get a prize. So 0491-064-669 is the number to call. For 300 points, which apostle did Herod execute? Oh, this is a good one. This is a tricky question. 0491-064-669. Again, that question was, and listen to me closely, right? Listen to my words. Which apostle did Herod 
execute. If you know the answer for 300 points, you can win yourself a pocket sermon or just get those points on the board. Keep working your way through the quiz. Again, that number was 0491-064-669. Call us or text us if you know the correct answer. Okay, well, joining us on the phone this morning is Dr. Justin Jackson. Uh, he's a Christian doctor. He specializes in internal medicine and infectious diseases. Dr. Justin Jackson uh, was with us last month and was going through Creation Week and talking about how Creation Week actually reveals uh, ideas and, and concepts to us based around the principles of health, you know, the eight laws of health and so forth. So, Dr. Justin Jackson, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much, Lyle. It's such a privilege to be here and share some of the health secrets that are packed into the first few chapters of the Bible. So I understand that we are continuing our theme from last month on basically it's entitled Gems for Life from Creation Week. Yeah, absolutely. People seldom recognize that right there at the beginning of the Bible are all these tips on how to live a, a healthy life. You know, we look out there and there are these changing fads that come and go each year, but for thousands of years, right there at the beginning of the Bible has been a solid foundation for health. So let's begin our treasure hunt and mine them out this morning. Yeah, and I just want to say that, you know, with all of those uh, thousands of years of uh, health information that we've had and even, you know, the explosion of information that we've had in relationship to our health in, in, in recent years, uh, the Bible still holds true. There is no error found anywhere in the Bible in relationship to what it says about health. But last month you shared about the second day of creation, about uh, life-giving properties of pure air and the importance of filling our lungs. Absolutely, yeah. We learned to open our windows, breathe deeply and avoid air laden with toxins. But this month I'm um, skipping forward to the fourth creation day and we're going to look at sunshine. Okay, that sounds fantastic. You know, we're told on the fourth day God made two great lights, the, the the greater light to rule the day, and just like air, sunlight has some amazing life-giving properties. Yeah, so sunlight is definitely one of those health gems packed there in the creation week. When, when the sunlight hits our skin, it actually triggers an amazing series of chemical reactions just absolutely precise that generate vitamin D. And vitamin D itself is truly amazing. It courses through the body and the whole body and it regulates over a thousand different genes. Okay, so when it comes to uh, vitamin D and, you know, um, sunlight and and, and receiving all these things, we we get some warnings from time to time, not getting too much sun, all that kind of stuff. Um, How do we... we you know, uh, regulate this? Or, and and how, does it, how does it regulate or control what's going on in our bodies? Yeah, no, that's, that's true. We, we do get, we do get these, these warnings. And I think the sunshine's like everything else. You know, it's, it's important in moderation. And I'm certainly not encouraging our listeners to get out and get sunburned. But just, just taking us back to, to the way it controls our, our, our body, um, it's, it's so important for many, many functions. Um, none perhaps so more important than the immune system. So, for instance, there's one cell, just one cell within the immune system called a macrophage, which macro means big and phage means eater. It goes around gobbling up foreign invaders. 
And that one cell has 200 genes that are responsive to, to the vitamin D. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's pretty impressive right there. Um, so are you telling our listeners that without vitamin D, our immune systems are less effective than, you know, they, than, than they could be? Oh, they absolutely, you know, it, it's sort of like um, running a race with, with um, you know, your legs tied together or something like that. Um, every winter, without fail, I, I see um, a number of cases of reactivation of tuberculosis. Tuberculosis is, is really interesting because it's a germ that's shared from person to person by the air that we breathe into our lungs. And, of course, we know from last week that, Pure air um, and fresh circulating air, we'd have less chance of breathing it into our lungs because of that open air factor we talked about. But once it gets into our lungs, there's this really delicate balance between the germ wanting to invade our body and our immune system holding it in check. So, and that's interesting because I thought tuberculosis, you know, is pretty much a uh, one of those diseases that you catch if you go to, you know, one of those countries where they don't have air conditioning. Um, but you know, in a in a modern country like here in Australia, you're finding cases of tuberculosis that pop up from time to time still. Yes. Yeah, so this specific example is in cases exactly as you say, where where people have um, either been born overseas or or travelled overseas, and then they've come back to Australia, and the germs lie dormant in their system, sometimes for ten years, twenty years, thirty years, but. You know, I, I see, uh, you know, I remember one case of a lady who was there in her basement working for the entirety of winter, um, getting absolutely no sunlight. And that was the thing that, that tipped the balance over and the, the tuberculosis um, actually started invading through her lungs and into her spine, actually. It was, it was pretty nasty. But I think... You know, if, if she had have had adequate sunlight, it would have her immune system would have continued to hold that that invader in check. Yeah, that's a really powerful, um, a powerful object lesson in reality, right there. Let's talk about COVID because I mean that's the thing that is on everybody's mind at the moment. We're at that stage of the pandemic where uh, it pretty much all of us are going to catch it at some stage or other. It seems to uh, you know that's the the kind of feeling out there we seem to have. Uh, how important is sunshine in dealing with COVID? You know, we, when COVID comes, of course, we quarantine ourselves to our bedroom for, you know, a week or so while we deal with it. Uh, do we need to be actually getting out of that, out of that bedroom and out into the sunshine, you know, a couple of times a day? Yeah, absolutely, Lyle. So, so two, two things. One is that adequate vitamin D, there's a strong association with actually preventing you acquiring COVID in the first place um, if your vitamin D levels are adequate. But um, still, you know, depending on the dose that you inhale and other factors, you, you, you may still catch, by, uh, catch COVID. But, yes, all my patients, I advise them to get out in the sunlight. Don't, don't say huddled in your bed. Get out in the fresh air that we talked about last week um, and, and get some morning and evening sunlight. On, roll your sleeves up. Um, get out in your shorts and um, your chances of having a severe infection are much less with adequate vitamin D levels. Would, would you do that even while you are running a fever? Oh, look, I think um, if, if you're able to, it, it obviously there's a spectrum of illness. It depends how, how sick you are. But, yes, if you can 
get outside, then absolutely get outside, get some fresh air and get some sunlight. All right, so let's talk about overdosing on sunshine. Um, I was at a wedding yesterday. It was an outdoor wedding. We got a bit of an overdose of sunshine there um, because it was a beautiful day. It was just a gorgeous day. Um, what about overdosing on sunshine? You know, we you, we mentioned earlier that um, obviously we don't, we, we, don't, we don't want to get sunburnt. Is this at, at what point are we overdosing? So what, uh, sunshine is, is so much more powerful than taking a tablet. I just want to put that point out there. First, so, you know, a tablet may be a 1,000 international units. Um, five minutes of sunshine um, might might give you, you know, 50,000 units of, of vitamin D. It's just so much more powerful. Interestingly, I've, I've had a patient who was swallowing um, oh, handfuls, literally handfuls of tablets of vitamin D, and it pushed his calcium level up in his body um, and, yeah, really made him quite, quite crook. You can't overdose on on vitamin uh, on sunshine in the same way that you can overdose on, on tablets. So, so that's the first point. But obviously, we want to avoid, as we mentioned before, um, damaging our skin and getting and getting sunburned. So, it it really um, really depends on the latitude and the time of year as to how much how much sunshine you need. And in summer, much less. Um, in the cooler months, you may need some supplementation as well. Sure, sure. Hey, so let's talk about sunshine in relationship to cancer. This is a really interesting question for me because obviously uh, we we know that sunshine, you know, getting a, getting sunburnt, um, you know, can bring skin cancer. But you know, what about sunshine in healthy levels? Uh, does that give us any protection against cancer? Look, that's that's a great question, and we're just starting to discover the incredible role that the immune system, and we've been talking about the immune system with, with infections, but the immune system plays in dealing with cancerous cells. And so the immune system um, is the part of the body that goes around and it recognises these cancerous cells and it, it mocks them up and, and gets rid of them. So what's good for infection um, will also be good for or cancer as well. And so there's good evidence that sunshine both prevents and slows the, the, pro, uh, the progression of cancer. Um, obviously, sunshine on its own is, is, is not the cure, um, but it's, it's one part of the armamentarium that we can use to, to prevent and also, if we're unfortunate enough to have cancer, also to help fight it. Yeah, I mean, I had a friend who uh, who was basically born with cancer and had two years of, of, of chemotherapy as a child and he was warned never to, uh, you know, he was told never to get a job that involved a lot of sunlight. Uh, he did roofing for a little, little while and was like, no, you can't do this job because you had cancer when you were a child. Uh, but what you're saying then is that sunshine in moderation is actually a, would, would actually be a good thing for somebody in that situation. Look, I don't know the specific circumstances, but, um, you know, on, on the face of it, absolutely. So there's definitely, well, three cancers, um, where there's quite strong association with, with sunshine preventing it. Um, one of those is, is bowel cancer. And so, um, large studies have looked at people who have adequate vitamin D compared to those who have inadequate levels. And, um, you know, it, it, it will reduce your, your relative risk by half. So half the chance of getting bowel cancer. The same, you know, for breast cancer and prostate cancer, which 
you take those three together, that's about a third of all the cancer diagnoses that are made worldwide. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Um, what about other benefits? We've talked about, um, obviously, you know, uh, respiratory illnesses like tuberculosis and COVID. We've talked about cancer. Um, are there other benefits to just getting out and getting a bit of sunshine? Look, uh, we, we, we couldn't talk about sunshine, not talk about healthy bones. And um, before air pollution and industrialization, rickets didn't exist, but then that disease came about because of lack of lack of sunshine. Most people think of healthy bones and they immediately equate it with high calcium levels. But um, I, I just want to tell your listeners that high calcium um, actually isn't isn't a cure for healthy bones. If your calcium levels are too high, your bones will become brittle and your, and your arteries hard. But what you need is is a, a good amount of calcium, um, but the, the vitamin D is, is really the pivotal um, element in, in healthy bones, along with exercise. Now, we, uh, you know, we talk about pandemics and it's uh, you know, a big thing that goes around these days, but our biggest pandemic, of course, we have, that we have amongst young people is screen addictions. Uh, that wouldn't be exactly very good for our young kids getting time in the sun, I wouldn't think. No, no. You look at um, you know, the, the creation week that we're talking about, and certainly, you know, being outside and being active in the in the sunshine and fresh air. We have to look at the other the other elements that are that are packed in there. And yeah, yeah I think we look back on our childhood, bike riding around the block, and so on. But I think also as adults, we we really need to remember our workplaces and just think to ourselves, you know, are we locked in front of a screen as well? Um, and, you know, during our breaks, make sure that we get out and, and integrate some sunshine moments into our days, roll our sleeves up and, and get outside. All right, we're just about out of time. There's so many interesting things about sunshine that you've been sharing with us here. Uh, finally, what about mental health? Oh, mental health. I, I think we've all experienced that. You know, our mood seems really low on dark, cloudy days, but blue skies and, and sunshine bring a sunny disposition. So sunlight. Um, boosts the natural antidepressants that we have um, in the brain, serotonin, and it, it helps our mood and well-being. So sunshine, we've, we've talked about our, our mood, we've talked about our bones, we've talked about cancer, we've talked about immune things, um, and, you know, we could talk about autoimmune, many other things. It's, it's just an amazing health gift. Dr. Justin Jackson, uh, internal medicine and infectious disease specialist, thank you so much for joining us and talking with us about something that is so simple, that is entirely free and that is available to every one of us every day and that is getting out, getting a bit of sunshine. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.